All right, all right, all right. Welcome back, everybody. This is another episode of In Liberty and Health. And returning to the show, I have a dear friend who has been on the show now. I think this is his third time. Did a debate once and a kind of random panel that we did way, 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 way back when. So um, uh, without further ado and without sitting in this part too, too long, let's rock and roll. If my intro ran correctly. What is up, everybody? My name is Kyle Matovic. I am the host of the In Liberty and Health podcast, where we talk all things liberty, health and wellness, and beyond. My hope is to encourage and spread the message of liberty, physical and mental well-being. I hope you enjoy all the topics we talk about with our guests. We're on all major streaming platforms, so please sit back, relax, and enjoy. Man, I'm doing as good as anyone can do getting buried by his 13-year-old son on leg day. <laughs> I'm not going to apologize for not being on this podcast because I got to go see Metallica. So if that's a problem, kiss my ass. Okay? I am. <laughs> All right. Oh, fuck, my bad. I didn't even pull him back up in. Dude, I'm already tripping. Dude, what's, what's up, man? Uh not much how are you man <laughs> I'm, I'm good i'm good hopefully uh our little delay situation won't fuck up the show too much uh, i probably shouldn't yeah. have swore that early but ah uh, you know what are you gonna do um yeah. I, I titled the stream tumultuous times because we're going through some shit right now uh sort of ink literally as of this afternoon is falling the fuck apart man <laughs> yeah they're um all i saw is that uh candace owens and ben shapiro are at each other at each other's throats and i will uh shockingly i will side with the woman in this uh conflict <laughs> more so than uh than not and the black I, I, person which is really weird it takes it takes <laughs> a lot to do that i'm gonna uh group chat for uh for my other show five till midnight with uh the guys from biting the bullet adam nutter and uh sam urban and uh, i'm pretty much said the same thing i'm like man um i think luke said uh i'm, I'm behind our Pregnant Candace Owens is a woman I can get behind. He put like the little grins behind. I'm like, well, she's a black woman. So I don't know about that, but like yeah. she's killing it right now. So yeah, hell yeah. Go for it. It was over a, uh, I don't even remember what the exact Bible verse was, but um, I like how she put money on at the end of it. And I'm like, that's what got him. She fucking threw money into that tweet. And that's what yeah. fucking got Ben sent off. <laughs> yeah. You can't talk about money with the Jews, obviously. <laughs> Yeah, apparently that was like a, a hot button issue i i looked at it after the tweet was put out for like an hour and i want to say it had the one that ben put out had like 2.4 million views or like impressions or something like that I'm like holy shit this is going fucking bonkers yeah it's uh it's totally going nuts yeah and now uh i, I was off the candace owen train uh candace owens train a little bit and now I'm, i think i'm back on it a bit I, I, I would be on that train, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she was... Uh, I've been kind of surprised with her takes as of lately. And, and like, she's kind of like this... I, I almost want to say like an NPC contrarian by nature who just is like anti-progressive no matter what. But like, I don't know, kind of going to bat against your employers. Especially when it's like, you know, the biggest news company and conservative, um, you know, in like the conservative movement. Yeah. I give her credit, man. Yeah, she's on the Daily Wire, right? Cause she uh, she put out that uh, she just did that. She jumped into the uh, white woman true crime sphere and did that uh, Stephen Avery mm -hmm. documentary series. I don't know if you're into that at all, but mm -mm. so it's my thing only. It's my my white woman uh, <laughs> traits. 
I watched, yeah, well, I watched, I watched the true crime. Well, you know, I can verify because my wife's into that kind of shit too. Her and I are watching a, uh, what the fuck's it called? The rookie. Now it's like a show about police and it's so like mm-hmm. female centric where all the female cops are always like the main characters and their husbands are just like, but babbling buffoons. I'm like, <laughs> like the story and stuff's good, but like, you could just see like the progressive agenda that bleeds into all these fucking shows. And like, I still enjoy it. Don't get me wrong, but like, you just notice these little things and it's like, like yeah, this isn't reality. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean they're doing it all over the place. Obviously, on especially on the uh, major network TV shows, which I assume the Rookie is one of those, and then the Marvel uh, movies, and but, yeah, pretty much everything. Disney, which you said you were just at, it's all <laughs> yeah. The woke infiltration is crazy. So it's good that Candace Owens pushes back on it because I think even if that's just her like reaction to everything, it mm. I think it winds up putting you on the right side more than it puts you on the wrong side. Yeah, yeah, and see that's the thing. Um, and like I, I've, I've kind of had to zoom out after the last couple of years and kind of appreciate this a little bit more because um, I want to say I'm almost in a similar vein, but I'm a little bit more contra right wing not because like i'm against these values but i see that like a lot of the time it's not a principled stance it's more of just well i hate democrats rather than like no i actually believe in you know the values that this country was founded on or like you know values of liberty and freedom and personal responsibility um these people are just counter progressive whereas like i think you and i more have come at this from the angle of like no we're pro responsibility pro freedom and pro liberty um and that's why we're so anti-progressive is because they're so <laughs> antithetical to that whereas like i said the right's just the almost like the opposite where it's just like fuck progressives which like you said lands you in the right position a lot of the time yeah yeah and uh i guess uh the interesting thing is the uh the israel situation seems to kind of like oh, split yeah. i was going to tweet about this i, I haven't mm-hmm. worded the tweet yet but it was going to be something to the effect of I mean, you notice this everywhere now, like the progressives now, like they don't know what to do. It's like their mind is getting fucked because it's like all these like progressive hero politicians of mine are like saying to be pro-Israel, but then you have a bunch of the radical left are like, no, pro-Palestine. They've been pro-Palestine for who knows how long. So I think you've had other like rifts like that on the left before, but this one is glaring, glaringly obvious just Mm -hmm. because it's in the like the public sphere so much. That's interesting seeing their like minds melt over it. And I'm over here just like, yeah, fuck Israel, basically. Yeah, well, and see, this is where, like, I'm kind of, I don't want to say positive about the left, but, like, I kind of like the fact that they're anti-Israel. But, like, this is where the right completely missed the mark in uh, Force Mommies, right? She just jumped in the chat here. People went crazy with it. If she's referring to the Israel stuff, yes, she's absolutely right. But, like, the whole right became, like, social justice warriors over the Jews as much. As I hate to say it. Like they're like, Oh my God, these are like our chosen people and someone that you and I both probably like Philip Bonte. I, I, I like him a lot, but he tweeted out something like, Oh, I think most people who are criticizing Israel just hate Jewish people. I'm like, dude, are you fucking kidding me? No, I think they look at Israel as an oppressor state, which this time the progressives have it right. The progressives absolutely have it right. That Israel is an oppressive state to the Palestinians and they're slaughtering them on mass and you know now all the right wants oh well, we need to watch anti-semitic speech well you know once again this ends up being like the term racist where everybody who disagrees with progressive is a racist and everybody who disagrees with the zionist is now anti-semitic that's exactly the fucking game that's being played and it's really mm-hmm. surprising to see how many right-wingers just like trip over themselves say that like no 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 we will stick up for the jays this much and we'll we will go out of our way to ban speech that we consider anti-semitic yeah, and I don't know if part of that is also like the sense that they might have to prove that they're not Nazis or something. I don't know. It's, it's like, like the RFK. 
<laughs> These guys on the right are supposed to be Nazis, and they're all uh, backing the Jews. Like, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, they're not very good Nazis, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one of my favorites was uh, people calling Ron DeSantis a uh, Nazi and like calling him anti-Semitic. I'm like, have you heard this dude talk? Like, he goes, he signs legislation for Florida over in fucking Tel Aviv. Like, are you yeah. fucking kidding me? And then same deal with like RFK. They called him an anti-Semite once, and then he couldn't fucking you know swallow Rabbi Shmuley's dick fast enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's an anti-Semite because he's against the vaccines or something. I, yeah. I, I don't get it, but. Yeah, RFK, there seems to be talk about him potentially like entering the libertarian race. That I don't think that should happen. That better not happen. I'm already pissed that he left the Democratic race, or maybe he was pushed out or somebody got to him or something. Because, dude, if he was in the Democrat race, it would have been way more inter interesting. He's the only, he'd be the only one saying anything different than everybody else in that race is saying. He would be pushing the Overton window. You need that in the Democratic Party and get some. Democrats that are like anti-Ukraine uh, war, anti-vaccine, uh, anti-COVID regime. He was good on all that shit. Now he's gone from the Democratic race and he's pro-Israel. It's oh, God, I hate it. Yeah, and that's one thing that a lot of people in our camp can't seem to grapple with is that like it's okay for him to be just the least worst Democrat because we kind of need that to at least, um, as Dave Smith kind of put it, like the uh, – what do you say like the uh the stick kind of in the snow or whatever to kind of like see what the temperature is amongst like the dissident left for somebody who's kind of like that and then you know like some of the people that i know um craig pasta jardula i know he likes him a lot um misty winston who considers himself more on the left doesn't really like him for his pro-israel stance but like for him being like anti-cronyism and all the stuff that you mentioned, like yeah. do you kind of need that on the left to figure out like, okay, well, where can we kind of rally around is dissidents with people right. who kind of view perhaps like the function of government and like what the source of the evil of government is like where most people on the left kind of identify it as like capitalism. Capitalism is the issue in everything in our society. Whereas like us on the right, I would think tend to think that it's like overcroaching government, you know, corrupting what is supposed to be capitalism is more the issue rather than just like capitalism itself. Right. Yeah. That's, that's how I'd phrase it too. And it's, yeah, government is just getting its tentacles mm -hmm. into everything basically where you that argument came up all the time during the covid years where it was like right. well what even like what is a private company at this point really when you have exactly like every every one of these businesses is just behaving like acting at the behest of what the government is telling them to do so it's like are they really private in that situation so then i got into arguments with a bunch of libertarians because i was like fine if like ron DeSantis wants to ban companies from uh mandating the vaccine i'm like fine with that like it's it's like defensive government almost defending against like the worst government that the, uh like the worst things that the federal government is doing basically i'm like mm. i'm actually okay with that yeah i know you kind of had some tips with ace orchest and uh as i did as well and some of the other kind of like goofball libertarians and like yeah. i'm sure they're like personally decent people but like I see that form of libertarianism as like the most impotent thing in the world where you're not willing to lift a finger or do anything. And it, it just puts you in the position of just saying, well, it, that is like what I think the post-libertarians kind of rightly identified as like being almost too pacifist. Um, 
because we're not going to have this, you know, Ancapistan utopia anytime soon, if at all. So like, okay, well, what's a more preferable form of government? Is that a form of government where we ban vaccine mandates and, you know, maybe use government to say like, okay, well, you can't send people off the war for this reason or another. Um, or do we just want to say, well, all of it's statism and we're not engaging in any of it. Um, you know, I would say the Ron DeSantis form of, of uh, governorship down in Florida, you know, minus the BDS stuff, um, I think that's preferable to one that doesn't do anything and then you end up having vaccine mandates. Yeah, I don't know what he was, as far as BDS, I don't know what he was doing with that. Like, if, if he was implementing BDS, I'd be like, hell yeah. <laughs> well, he, he put, um, it was a bunch of uh, laws. Boycott like, Israel, college. man. Yeah, well, he's, you know, obviously anti-BDS. I, I always yeah. get that part mix, mixed yeah. up. But yeah, um, like on colleges, campuses, you couldn't criticize Israel or else you would, yeah. uh, I, I think you'd get fined or something like that. But yeah, basically, like, if you were to subtract that, then like in 2020, even some like the Florida libertarians have, you know, come at me for this. But um, you're up in Massachusetts, right? I am. Okay. So you know what it's like to live through the COVID years mm -hmm. in a blue state. Um, I I, I've told this story many, many times, and I, I kind of want to get your synopsis here because I think I've heard you tell it other places, but I think my audience would enjoy it as well. Um, <laughs> the one thing I will never forget is my wife who worked at um, Phillips where they build um, you know, the respirators and stuff like that at one point. Um, yeah. She literally got a note from her work and was told, hey, if the police pull you over because you're driving to work, show them this, tell them that you're going to work so that way you know oh, they yeah, know yeah. not to like send you back home or anything like that. Yeah. And yeah, I got an laid off. You're worker. Tell them. <laughs> yeah yeah literally i had a piece of paper for that shit um the people down in florida to my understanding never had to worry about that now no. yes did he lock down sure but like you don't understand what it was like to put up with that for like years you know it, almost two whole years yeah. where you couldn't go to a restaurant and then in pittsburgh uh there were places that mandated the fucking vaccine so i mean yeah. Down in Florida, you didn't have to worry about that. And like, that's not something small. That's a big fucking deal. For some people, that cost them their lives. And we should not downplay that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I was I was able to see a little bit of the difference because, of course, I live up here. I'm in a blue hellhole. Mm -hmm. And there are like certain places where everything was like completely different. And I did go to Florida in uh, 2021 as well. So I got to see that difference where it was like oh this shit just like kind of isn't happening really even though i was in yeah. orlando so there were some masks around and stuff but other than that it was like nothing basically like no mandates yeah. nothing was mandated up here there were a lot of mandates going on in, in various forms uh yeah the whole situation like with my job like of course we had the lockdowns the lockdowns didn't actually affect my job specifically uh to that extent where like i didn't lose i almost did lose my job though so wow. i don't know if i've t did i tell this story on your show uh, when i was on the first time or no i think you might have briefly told it um when duke and i or when i had you on with duke but um oh. feel free to um go to detail yeah i mean i can get into it if you want. yeah this is like yeah this is kind of why i get into it with like the people that have just been in florida the whole time or people that, that have been in like rural because they have no idea areas the whole time they don't know what yeah what it's like being in a blue mm -hmm. city through that and i live like a little bit outside of the city so it's actually kind of weird where uh like i would go down to visit my parents i didn't stop visiting my parents at all during this whole thing and going down there it's like 20 just 20 minutes south of where i am here i'm like a little bit south of boston here i go down 20 miles south of here and it's like covid wasn't even happening like in my parents town which is the town where i grew up it was like completely different it's like boston is like 30 miles north of here and it's complete insanity and down here it's like people are being basically normal 
So even that difference is crazy. Like being in the city to being outside of the city, even where I am here, like I'm in an area where there are some like red people here really like there's like a maga store near me and like some gun stores and stuff yeah. so it's like it's kind of a weird mix and like a lot of people even where i live right here specifically were like we're kind of like we're not doing this during the covid stuff so i was at home uh, of course uh, i was working remotely because i do software so i was able to work remotely during that period of time like my office shut down for uh probably a, over a year i think nobody was in the office mm -hmm. um which i do work in boston so in the belly of the beast basically not as bad as new york but still yeah. pretty bad so my company like shut down when like everybody started shutting down so that was before like the lockdowns even were uh mandated by government i think we were like two weeks ahead of that or something we were like we're gonna work from home and of course that was the well we'll wait two weeks and see what happens we can work from home for two weeks yeah <laughs> yeah we'll see how that worked out and yeah. then uh everything just like ramped up and got like just more and more insane where it was like the lockdowns that kind of lifted to an extent i remember like the mask mandates lifted in uh like may of 2021 mm -hmm. i think finally because there were masks just everywhere so it's just like i didn't want to i I'm like, I'm refusing to wear them. So like, I'm only going to go out in like places in like my parents' town and stuff where they don't even like enforce it basically like right. fuck the mass. I wasn't wearing it on public transportation, uh, when I actually went into the city, which, uh, started ramping up a little bit more in 2021 when, uh, we could come back to the office, but it was on the honor system where they were just assuming that everybody had gotten the vaccine at that point. And it was like, kind of like, don't ask, don't tell. But like, if you were to actually like, be outed as not being vaccinated you're, you were fucked and that's basically what happened to me in a way so i was like whatever they're not checking i'm coming back to the office uh thank you cd um <laughs> i went back to the office of course i'm not wearing a fucking mask so i got yeah. dude I, I literally almost got into like a physical altercation with a six foot two tranny on the on the <laughs> subway at one point who was really pissed at me because I was the only person not wearing a mask. And I thought I was going to get in a fight with this dude who's way bigger than me, even though he's pretending to be a woman. I'm like, if you lose a fight to a tranny, is that bad? I don't know. <laughs> is, is that, does that make you a woman? Mm -hmm. He's still a man who's much bigger than I am. I'm like, he was just yeah. like wearing women's clothes. So I wasn't wearing a mask. A bunch of people were getting pissed at me. I had people, I had women like physically like assault me for, for not wearing a mask basically i'm just like fuck this like it's so stupid i'm not wearing one though so i went back to the office and after like a couple weeks in the summer of 2021 not wearing a mask all of a sudden my badge stopped working i work in like one of the huge office buildings in boston we have this like massive lobby and most of the companies that work in my building are like bigger companies than mine i would say and they were not back in the office at all. So we were the only people there. And we have this like gigantic lobby. Nobody's near anybody. You're like 20 feet away from anybody. Yeah. And like, there's almost nobody even there. And they shut off my badge. They went over my head. They didn't even talk to me about not wearing a mask. One of the, I think it was the white dude. Cause there were, there were like some black security guys who were pretty cool <laughs> at my building. Yeah. There's this older white dude. And I'm like, it was definitely that guy. He's like a fucking leftist. He somehow, yeah, was able to determine who I am, I guess, based on, uh, yeah, my badge, I guess, and when I uh, swiped in. So I'm trying to get back into the building. I can't get back into the building anymore. They went over my head to, like, the CEO and HR at my company, and they, like, then they had to, like, talk to me, and they're like, yeah, you're not wearing a mask. I'm like, yeah, I'm not. And at this point, we did not have to wear a mask 
in the office. So that's what like the more it, it's so insane. We're following the science here. You don't you have to wear it in the lobby when you're not near anybody, but then you're in an yeah. office and you're with other people that are <laughs> kind of closer to you in a way. Yeah. Even though we kind of have a fairly open uh yeah office where you're not that close to anybody but even so you're still closer to people you might be in like a meeting with somebody or whatever you don't have to wear the mask there then they like yeah they caught me and they're like they're like yeah you weren't wearing a mask in the lobby i'm like that's correct and then then they asked me like are you vaccinated and i just like can't lie so i was just like no i'm not and they were like you're not welcome in the office anymore so i was like what does that even mean like so my badge got shut down by the building management now yeah my company is saying that you're banned from the building but you're not fired you're banned from the yeah. office so then i'm just working from home and i'm in this weird like limbo situation from like summer of 2021 into the fall of 2021 when biden's vaccine mandate comes out he just he mentions the vaccine mandate my company's not even 100 people but as soon as he did that they were like you have to show proof of vaccination now and you have to do it by I don't know the end of October or something yeah. and I'm like yeah fuck that I'm not doing that so I went and I tried to get like all these different exemptions like I tried to get a medical exemption first because I have like valid medical exemptions like yeah. I've had a stroke I have issues with blood clotting there's like no fucking way I'm gonna get this vaccine and at yeah. that point I'd had COVID like at least twice probably I'm sure that I had it like before everybody even went insane in like February 2020 I think I absolutely had it because I just thought yeah. I had like a bad cold and lost like taste and smell for a bit so I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm not getting the, uh, the vaccine. So I tried to get a medical exemption. I called my PCP's office and the secretary was like, he's not even speaking to anybody about vaccine uh, exemptions. So my PCP wouldn't even talk to me about it at all. Like I couldn't even get him on the phone. So then I have a neurologist because of my stroke, that issue. I have a neurologist. So I, I actually uh, had an appointment with him. So I was like, I'm going to talk to him. So virtual appointment, of course, I met with that guy virtually, asked him about it. And he said, no, I recommend that you get the vaccine. I'm like, are you fucking psycho? Like, this is insane. Like, this mm -hmm. is, yeah, you have these people that are like, considered to be like some of the best like professional doctors in the area. Like this guy's like one of the best like stroke specialists in the area. And he's telling me this. And I'm like, are you fucking serious, dude? Like, this is crazy. It's insane. So I couldn't get a medical exemption. I was trying to find like a new age, like doctor that would give me one or something. Yeah. I got a naturopath or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Something like that. I couldn't, uh, yeah, I wasn't able to find one who would do it. So then I'm like, I'm going to go religious exemption. Cause how can they like deny it? Uh, so I'm like, no, like, cause I've gone like sober and whatever. I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to say that I'm Christian, which I am actually, but I'm like, I'm going to go the religious exemption result. So I submitted the religious exemption and it got rejected. My office denied that. I'm like, you can't like deny me saying that. Yeah. That I'm Christian. And basically I had like the way that it was worded was I kind of got it from like some, uh, like legal experts and stuff like that that were mm -hmm. like i think you should word it this way uh yeah. so I, I worded it such that it was talking about how uh like the vaccine uh requires like usage of uh aborted fetus uh like material mm -hmm. material from aborted fetus cells okay. <laughs> so i'm like i'm like i'm against this i'm not getting the vaccine for religious reasons they just rejected it with not even saying anything they're just like nope not accepted. You have to get it. So then I like turned, I, I was like turning the screws like as much as I could. I like gave them this like form that basically said like, fine, I will agree to get the vaccine if you 
agree to accept all liability and damages for it. And they know like what my medical history is. Yeah. And, and they said, this is not legally binding. We're not going to sign it at all. They like, they brought in like their like legal people to like, look at it. So I think they thought they were going to be like in trouble. They were going to wind up like having to battle me legally. I don't yeah. know, but I was like, but like the form said, like, basically you had to sign like, yes or no, like mm -hmm. you could say that, no, we're not going to, we're not going to accept this. And then, but they did not want to be on record saying, no, we won't do this. Like we won't accept liability. Cause that's them basically admitting that they think it might cause health like, yeah. yeah yeah like health issues and damage to me which by the way it did to one of my co-workers who's like a young healthy dude in his 20s mm -hmm. uh he was like at like um some of the best hospitals in boston and they even the doctors there basically at, during like 2022 thought that they were like yeah it was probably the vaccine that did this because like i had like no health issues he's in his 20s healthy dude physically active and all of a sudden he like woke up paralyzed and he had like this weird form of like Guillain-Barre syndrome, which has been linked to the vaccine. Uh, I think, um, in a pretty significant way, I think it's like pretty definitive. Uh, so it seems like the vaccine was the cause of that. That was like the only major like health difference that that guy had. And that was, crazy. Yeah. he was in the hospital for like a month at least. And he basically, he fully recovered, which is awesome, but that's completely insane, completely crazy. Yeah. So I'm, yeah in the situation where i'm in limbo and during that period of time uh things had like opened uh in bot like in the boston area as well in like september 2021 mm -hmm. so while i'm like trying to figure out how am i going to fight this vaccine mandate i'm banned from the office but i'm going to these like <laughs> packed bars like yeah. um yeah like during that winter i think josh smith uh, was up here and stayed with me and mm -hmm. uh we went out to the bars and i'm like i could run into like my coworkers at these bars and i'm banned from being in the office with them but they could be like inches away from me in this packed bar it's like so stupid so dumb uh and then uh yeah so i fought the uh work uh, vaccine mandate and then i wound up we wound up going through the winter so they didn't do anything to me uh it like reached the deadline in the fall and it kept going so i pushed it as far as i could and i'm like i thought i was gonna get fired because that was like the ultimatum basically and they never actually fired me and i just continued to be in this weird situation in limbo working mm -hmm. from home up through the winter and then up into uh, february i guess and then all of a sudden uh, in february it, it kind of all happened real fast because i know at some point uh like in like late September, uh, early October, I guess some of the, like a bunch of the like music venues and sports venues and stuff started, uh, requiring vaccines mm -hmm. and it was not mandated by the government at that point. So all yeah. these venues were doing it anyway. So I'm like, well, are these really private actors? They're like working on the behest of the government. And this is bullshit right. because like, I went to a couple concerts, uh, like I, I think Primus, uh, covering Russia, mm -hmm. farewell to Kings in its entirety was yeah. the last show that I went to before all the stuff uh started requiring vaccines and i'm like i can't go to music uh concerts again can't go to sports like this is ridiculous bullshit. a lot of restaurants were doing it too so that was yeah total shit. although like i said by the winter there were like bar like dive bars you could absolutely mm. go to and they weren't yeah. doing anything we go through the winter and then it comes uh to february and then finally uh, that was when um the supreme court or was it one of the federal circuit courts i don't know some judge or whatever decided finally knock biden's mandate down and it is not constitutional right. and then at that point just yeah suddenly that happens and then like hr is like to me come back to the office so i do <laughs> just like I, nothing happened yeah exactly it was like nothing happened
So that's mm -hmm. how that turned out. Holy crap, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this is kind of why I think some people need to have a little bit more of a nuanced view of the world. And I think, you know, us as libertarians are kind of guilty of not doing this, of not always applying nuance, like the worldly situation here. Not all heroes were, yeah. <laughs> not all heroes were caves somewhere cool Celtic hats. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Nice. Go Celtics. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, for the people who were in <clears throat> red states that may not have did any of this stuff, like I, you didn't have to worry about losing your job. Like I, both my wife and I had left jobs that were going to potentially require the vaccine. Um, in my last job, it wouldn't have been required, but they basically said like, okay, you could either you're going to wear a mask or you're getting that. And for my wife, um, same deal at her job and she has a you know blood clotting disorder that i i even found a research paper on it that said like hey this is really bad if you have this specific thing so i'm like okay well then you know <laughs> you're not getting it she didn't want to get it i'm not getting it i didn't want to get it so we kind of had no other choice but we're like all right well looks like we're just gonna get new jobs and it wasn't just strictly that but there was definitely a factor and then um you know obviously you know a couple months later um, I want to say it was probably like late 2021 because I started my job in um, May of 2021 and she started hers in like August of 2021. Um, all that shit finally like, like just kind of went away and like people stopped talking about it. But, uh, yeah. you know, it, I I work in the automotive industry. So, I mean, I'm around all fucking rednecks and Trump supporters. I mean, Jesus Christ, the, the one dude that I worked with in the last shop, he was one of the biggest donors to Trump in Pennsylvania. And then um, my one parts guy, who's probably one of the best parts guys I've ever worked with in my entire life. He has a picture of Trump right above um, his computer. And uh, still like these guys, when they hear that somebody might have COVID, what do they do? They bust out the lights, all they're spraying everything down. I'm like, look, <laughs> if you're going to fucking get it, you're going to quit being pussies about it. Get the fuck over it. And, you know, anytime anybody gets like, oh, COVID, COVID, like, dude, shut up. Let it yeah. fucking die. It's a cold. Yeah. We fucking ruined a whole generation of fucking people over this shit. People will not recover. We will not recover financially, mentally. There's a whole bunch of people that are just fucked from this. And you guys don't want to fucking let it go. Get the fuck over it. And now we're surprised that we have like, you know, fucking double digit inflation over the last couple of years. But then, you know, we'll still carry water for the fucking regime that this cold was so deadly and, you know, just killing babies. Like it, it's, it was so fucking ridiculous. And it's so frustrating to me that people just like can't let it go. Yeah, the fallout is insane. Like you said, the the mental aspects of it. Like there are people that committed suicide over it. There were certainly yeah, yeah jobs lost, businesses that were permanently destroyed, people's lives mm -hmm. were permanently destroyed, relationships destroyed. It's yeah. insane, totally insane. Yeah, I, there were a whole bunch of uh, venues and stuff that my band used to play at that are just like gone. It's like holy fuck. There was a restaurant that my wife and I used to go to all the time that. Uh, they were just like the nicest people in the world who, um, you know, unfortunately had to shut down. I want to say it was like probably May or a little bit. It couldn't have been later than like July of 2020 where they finally called it, you know, quits yeah. like they go, oh, we, we just can't do it anymore. So it was fucking horrible. Um, were there a lot of venues up your way that kind of shut down? Yeah, uh, definitely some. Yeah, some restaurants and some like music venues that I used to go to. Yeah, some of them are gone because of the COVID shit. Yeah. Um, have you seen, I don't want to say like a renaissance, but like more venues open up because I know around here, um, there've been quite a few venues that I like never even heard of, 
Yeah. Oh, my old man dropped in the chat. Uh, so many elderly passed and their family were never allowed to visit. Yes, that oh, is another yeah. thing. Um, somebody that I follow, an author who I'm trying to get on um, the other show I do with Brandy and Ryan. Um, the author, uh, Rolo, had kind of detailed out how he literally sat outside of a, a nursing home window, you know, playing songs and talking to his mom through a window and then finally got a call one day and was told that she finally passed away. I mean, I could not imagine the kind of fucking anger and resentment I would feel towards everybody that carried water for that shit and that enacted all that. Um, if that was my situation, I would, I'd want blood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. L luckily. Uh, yeah. It did not affect me uh, to that degree personally, which, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I'm, I'm lucky uh, to that extent, I guess. And, uh, yeah, we've seen like, I don't know if I'd say a Renaissance. We, we do have one like fairly big music venue that, uh, sprung up in like the wake, like the post COVID wake, I guess, uh, the road runner, which is out in like the, like Alston Brighton area in Boston, like kind of Metro West of Boston. Yeah. So that's uh, it's a pretty cool venue. So that sprung up. It's, it's hard to get to, there's no like public transportation that could really get you out there. That was kind of the only one really. Um, I think I would say, but yeah, the, the personal aspect of the COVID stuff, I think I'm lucky that I think I like plant like so many seeds. Like I, I talk to my mom and I see my mom so much that I think I've like driven her into like being like libertarian in a way. Like I think she was, kind of, <laughs> she was, was kind of like yeah. that anyway. She was always like really good at like sniffing out bullshit and just like yeah. forging her own path. Basically like she considered herself to be like a Democrat, but I'm like, you're not a Democrat. Like you hate Hillary Clinton. By today, yeah. By today's like, standards, you're not a Democrat. No, like she, she hates Hillary Clinton. She hates the Clintons. Uh, mm -hmm. I think she liked Obama uh, for a while to an extent, but like, yeah, I mean, just listening to me, I'm like, you're like more of a like conservative than anything else. Like, she definitely lives a conservative lifestyle uh, for mm -hmm. sure, and it's kind of always been that way. But like, she grew up uh, like an Italian Catholic and uh, was opposed to the Catholic Church really early on because she saw some uh, some bad things uh, coming out of uh, coming out of the Catholic Church. Can't really blame her for that. Uh, so she's kind of just been kind of she's definitely an independent thinker for sure, and she. She wound up retiring from uh, her job. She was in the medical field and she retired. She unfortunately got the vaccine because it was mandated. And then uh, she did not get like any of the boosters and they were trying to mandate, they did mandate that. And she just said, I'm gonna retire instead. Mm -hmm. So she did do that. Uh, so there was that, uh, yeah, she retired from a job that she was at for 40 something years. So wow. the, the booster finally was it and pushed her out. I think it was maybe about time to do that anyway. And, she uh she does like all this crazy uh like photo engraving stuff and she's like one of the best people in the world at it so i was like you, wow. should, just, you should do that professionally she's not making enough money for what she does but she is only a single woman doing that so mm -hmm. uh but she is doing that now uh since retiring which is awesome and then like i saw my sister like completely flip too because she was like she was hardcore, like pro Hillary in 2016, hated yeah. Trump, like the typical, like progressive line the whole time. She was that way into the COVID stuff. Like I remember I didn't see her for the first like few months of the COVID crap. And she was mad at me for continuing to see our parents. And my mom like wanted to see me. She kind of knew that the whole thing was bullshit, like almost like right yeah. from the outset, partially maybe from listening to me so much. My dad is like, totally blue pilled though like right in line with all the oh, wow. progressive horse shit but he's not mm -hmm. like 
he's like really kind of like passive about it. So he believes all that, but he doesn't get like in your face about any of it. So he didn't care. Like he would still like see me and like, I could go over to their house. Like that's fine. Uh, so that I'm lucky in that way. My sister, I remember the first time I saw her, uh, after the lockdown started, it was probably in like May and she was still that way. She came over to my place and my mom was here. And I just remember my sister like flipping out on me for, like for seeing our parents uh, during the whole thing. And I'm like, wow, this is crazy. Like I thought like, I didn't know what was going to happen really. Like, like, are we going to have like, like is our relationship like gone now? Is it fractured? Yeah. I don't know. Cause we've always had like a pretty good relationship. I would say she's yeah yelling. She's in my face. And then like by like June or July of that year, she had completely flipped over and was like agreeing with me basically because, and it was really because of the mask thing. Like she's in uh, like the, the psychology field and i think it was because sure. she saw like what was going on uh with like people's uh mental state basically and especially how masks were like affecting children uh, and their development so she like and she was sick of wearing one herself like she became like really anti-mask mm -hmm. uh like towards the middle of 20 yeah 2020 i would say like early summer mid-summer 2020 maybe yeah so that was crazy so she completely flipped and then all of a sudden she was like rooting for trump to win the 2020 election i was at her house for the election mm -hmm. yeah even though she still hates trump she just uh yeah mm -hmm. was seeing through the bullshit at that point mm -hmm. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. So Reed um commented in here, asked Toad how many times he slept with me. Now before uh, yeah, before you answer that, if the answer is anything but 1488, I don't want to hear it. Ooh, that's <laughs> that that is uh that would be a lot of times. Uh let's mm -hmm. let's let's see. So well, everybody knows the um the threesome story from Tom Woods 2000 that night Reed was actually in my bed without me. So I, I mm -hmm. left Reed uh, to jerk off to a threesome. So sorry, okay. Reed, but, but then the next night I slept with them. So mm -hmm. we slept together the, the next night, uh, at Tom Woods. Then, uh, we slept together again, multiple times at pork fest last mm -hmm. year. And I'm, pr I'm pretty sure Reed, uh, jerked off, uh, in my room. Uh, one of those nights, the, after we climbed Mount Washington, we, um, yeah, we were, that, that was one of our uh, gay feats that we accomplished together, climbing a mountain together. We, uh, we mounted each other. We, we, uh, he, he's, yeah, I'm pretty sure he was jerking off in my room. Cause I remember that, that night I woke up and like, I think he was sleep jerking off. Cause he was like moaning and like, I don't know. He was doing something under the sheets and like going kind of crazy. I'm like, I don't want to know what's going on here, Reed. Like what's going on. And then he like went into the bathroom and I kind of just went back. I was half asleep. I kind of just went back to sleep. I didn't know what was going on. I woke up. He was already gone. Like, I don't know if he went back to the event or what was happening. <laughs> the state, the state of my bathroom was insane. It was like wet towels and like dirt, just like everywhere. I'm like, what the fuck happened here? I don't know mm -hmm. what that was. Maybe Reed knows. Maybe he doesn't, because maybe he was asleep the whole time. Mm -hmm. But that was uh, after after we climbed Mount Washington that day. He was not in the best state, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, Reed's. Uh, when I saw him at the anti-war rally, uh, he tried to cool me down because uh, we were in a house with him, Clint, uh, I think the Bank sisters, Craig Pasajardula, Misty Winston and um dan cohen i'm trying to remember who else but uh yeah my, my problem is that like when i get around people i like i just uh, I'm, I'm a very social drinker and mm. as soon as like you know I, I get a sip on the ball of crown then it just 
the rest of it goes you know down pretty quick and i like other people yeah. to you know party too so yeah a lot of the threesome night was because of crown royal as well which reed can also attest to because uh the the way that that night kind of started was uh, we went to this uh cajun restaurant and this makes no sense but there was an asian guy there who i don't even think worked there and he was just handing out shots of crown royal and then he just walked out like mm -hmm. what is happening here he was just yeah it was constant shots of crown royal and it was uh myself reed uh cole and uh, cole's wife liz we were all there and then i remember like some one of the bartenders we were trying to like pay and get out of there because we were like we got to get to the event because tom woods yeah. is apparently like hanging out at the pool let's go uh talk to tom we were too late by the time we got there by the way some like one of the guys that was uh behind the bar was like giving us more free crown royal like while we're trying to pay i'm like what is yeah. happening? <laughs> there's like tons of shots of crown royal and then we get to the yeah the pool at the hotel and like i don't know everybody was excited to see me and cole for whatever reason it was like tower gang is here it was the first uh instance of us being like niche celebrities and like people were <laughs> buying people were buying me drinks i got the 9-11 cocktail which is a manhattan and two kamikazes which was mentioned by ryan dawson when he was on mm -hmm. tower gang at one point yeah. so I, actually, I actually got one and uh that was kind of the end of the night for me after that i remember having some old fashions and then uh the threesome story happened after it was, that. was it the uh, old fashions that martha bueno was offering was it no it was not that was uh that was in reno <laughs> <laughs> she was at tom woods as well though mm -hmm. oh yeah she blocked me recently on twitter because uh <laughs> i think you participated in the tower she said something about dave smith's kids foreskin or something like that we all put do it be snipping <laughs> yeah do it be snipping i was in that tower she she still hasn't blocked me i don't know when when we were at tom woods we were actually mutuals and then that is no longer the case but uh but she, somehow she has not blocked me i think mm -hmm. she secretly likes me Mm, yeah man maybe yeah. she she didn't like me enough so i don't know maybe there's like a a certain spectrum here where like i might just be over over the top assholeish maybe like not assholeish enough and maybe you just fucking you, you fucking get the asshole just right or something you know mm, that's how i do it <laughs> i'm, I'm uh, toad man the ladies like me people like me i, I did get blocked by uh, phil labont though you mentioned him oh she, did you really LeBont, I didn't even interact with him and he blocked me uh, over, I assume over the Israel stuff. I'm like, stop being a pussy, man. You know what? And I'm kind of surprised that he hasn't like unfollowed me or blocked me because like him and I've had, I don't want to say like strong disagreements, but like we were civil with each other, but um, you know, his, how pro Israel he is, is, is like kind of disturbing. Like, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And like, I, I I try to walk through it with him. I'm like, look, here's all these sources for the you know death count here, but like, it, it's weird. It is really really weird because like, I thought a lot of the right wingers were going to see through a lot of the propaganda. Yeah. Nope. The forty beheaded babies. Everybody still run with that, and then like the whole hospital bombing deal. That was like, like you guys are all stuck on this, but like nobody came back and said like that forty beheaded babies story was complete total bullshit too yeah i'm there are probably a couple of aspects involved in that and i think it's that uh, the right wing a lot of them like they're um they're kind of programmed to uh hate uh anything that gets labeled as islamic terrorism but also hate right. anything that the progressives seem to be defending in any way so you have right. that uh like we mentioned earlier you have that group on the left that is like pro-palestine a bunch of the like kind of woke progressive left is kind of on that side right. even though the Islamists uh, don't exactly like 
trannies and like the uh, the LGBT. So it's it's yeah. it's a whole weird thing. But I think that's kind of why uh, uh, so much of the right is uh, not on the right side of this. Mm-hmm. I think that might be that might be why. Yeah, and now I've heard people say like, um, you know, the older religious right just loves Israel, which like, I, the guys that I work with, I can't say I've ever heard them talk about Israel like any kind of religious fervor. Like yeah. when I hear them talk about like the way that Israel would bomb Palestine, they would say like, oh yeah, I like the way that Israel treats the Palestinians or something like that. I think that's just because like, okay, well, you know, ever since two thousand one, there's just like this in, innate hatred of Muslims, which. Okay, whatever. But like, it, it became a lot more passive in the Trump years. But I think this yeah. um, whole Israel-Palestine deal kind of rewoke that hatred back up. And like, it's not like I, I think it's like an act of racism or anything like that. I think it's just literally like they they saw in the news that nine eleven happened. Like, oh well, those are the people responsible for it. Islamic terrorists. We're supposed to hate them. Okay, got it. Good. And I think this is a very similar deal. I, I don't think it's like they're going to go hunt down. You know, is islamic extremists in their neighborhood i I think it's just you know hey this is what the news guy said we'll run with that yeah i think probably more of them see through the propaganda than they Mm -hmm. did post 9-11 like i think there's that aspect of it which is kind of white pilling like i i tweeted i retweeted uh or quote tweeted something that i saw earlier today that uh, Mm -hmm. talked about how the support for israel at least in whatever polling mechanism they were using had dropped pretty significantly since like mid-october and i'm like that's pretty good uh so there is yeah i think this is less bad than the fervor that was happening uh post 9 11 which i unfortunately was also uh caught up in because i didn't know what i was doing what i was thinking back then i was on the republican side of things so i kind of bought into that until uh enough, enough people in college were able to uh convince me that i was wrong so i changed my mind on that i was able to do that but yeah i think yeah so hopefully hopefully that is the case that fewer people are buying into the propaganda here this time which Mm -hmm. yeah and there are some of those big names like on the conservative side of things that are really good on it like uh cassandra fairbanks uh yeah like some of those people are really good she's really good on this yeah it's kind of she uh she blocked me i'm not exactly sure why i was probably forgotten hard at tim but uh you know it is what it is um but yeah like her uh candace owens who's been saying like i'm just against genocide and it was kind of funny how like dave rubin clapped at her and it, she she didn't even say like israel or palestine she just said i'm against genocide and that was enough to like kind of get everybody's uh panties in a bunch um lauren chen was somebody that i was very impressed by because um i guess for both her and candace i really respect their you know position on this because their paycheck basically would depend on them being good in Ben Shapiro's eyes on this issue. Because they both work for the Daily Wire. So, like, this is kind of, you know, Ben Shapiro's bread and butter. If you disagree yeah. with him on this, then, like I said, your paycheck is on the line at that point. So, for them to take that position, um, I'm all about people who, like, when it costs them something to do the right thing. Yeah. If you do the right thing, then, you know, hats off to you no matter what position you're in. Because, once again... um one of the things I've learned from the nutrition realm is more like uh, the that, you know, it's very hard to get a man to believe something when his salary depends on him not believing it. Right. Yeah. It takes balls to take that stance when you're putting something at risk like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I respect that quite a bit. 
Yeah. Um, well, let me see. I wanted to make sure. Uh, yeah, JC, I tried listening to the Dave Loomer debate, but Laura was just too much nightmare fuel. Oh, is that, and, is that uh, on right now? Oh, God. Yeah, I think so. We may be uh, trampling on the times a little bit. Uh, that's all right. We still got some people hanging out. Uh, I prefer wholesome toad content instead. Yeah. yeah that's right. <laughs> so uh, maybe in the last couple of minutes, we can kind of finish up on this. So what got you into playing music? I was listening to you on Ben's podcast, which I was on as well. So um, yeah. people should make sure they go subscribe to Shut the Punk Up, where Toad and I both were guests. Um, you have quite an elaborate history on um, kind of doing music, which I didn't know. Like, I, I knew you played ukulele and stuff like that. And I seen him like, wow, yeah. he's fucking talented. But then now... Um, you know, when I heard you detail out all the stuff you did, I'm like, wow, you, you have like more of a history than I do. And I've been playing music for like the last seven years. I played guitar for Jesus Christ, like 16 or 17 years. So yeah, um, go ahead. Uh, I'm, I'm not good at any of it. I'm just retarded, <laughs> but uh, I've been in the, in I know the, the feeling <laughs> I've been in the music sphere for yeah, a long time. I mean, I mean, it started just because I liked listening to music when I was a kid. So I think that's kind of how it started. Um, Somehow it just became, I, I liked singing and that's what I got into and realized that I was not bad at it. So I just kept joining like singing groups and got into it that way. And when you're in singing groups, you learn some stuff about music theory and like how to read music and sight read and things like that. So it just, yeah, that's how I got into it in the first place. It was more, I would say, uh, it kind of happened in like the early high school years is kind of when I really started uh, like doing that more. I was in... Uh, like the choir that we had at school first. Then I got into uh, an audition choir that was off of that. That was uh, considered to be not that easy to get into at the time. And it became way easier to get into after that. I was in that and there was like a an audition choir off of that too that I got into. And I got into like a barbershop group. I wanted to be in like all the singing groups. And that's just what I started doing. That was my thing. And then, uh, yeah, like I, I mentioned all this on Ben's podcast as well. I... Uh, that also got me into like some of the local bands that were in my town. Like a lot of people that I went to high school with played a bunch of different instruments. And I hung out with a lot of the guys who were in the marching band at school. And we'd always go to like the Friday night football games. I just come in with the band, like the band director knew me. So I got into all the football games for free and just sat in the band, hung out with the band. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like some of the guys that were in the band were like drummers, guitarists, like in bands that I was in. So, uh, yeah, I got into all that through that. They were the guys that I hung out with. So I was in a few different bands in town and there was this whole drama with bands breaking up and reforming and a whole bunch of people involved and all this stuff. Um, yeah. And then uh, I kept doing it in college. I was like, I'm going to continue singing. So I got into, there was a men's glee club at my school that had been in existence since like the 1800s. So I'm like, I'm getting into, yeah, I'm yeah. getting into that. It's like kind of the classic thing. And then yeah. got into uh, an acapella group that was actually kind of new at my college. There was an acapella group that was, my college was mostly men because it was a tech school, but mm -hmm. they, uh, they had a men's uh, acapella group that had been around for a while, uh, multiple decades probably. And then a co-ed one that had like just formed and I auditioned for both of them and I got into both of them. And I think they kind of had to decide like which one because you could only be in one i think was the rule so you they had to like decide like where i would fit better or whatever was the case so i wound up in the sure. co-ed one so doing college acapella was really fun man you get to do shows we did a lot of shows kind of around like the new england area with other colleges other new england colleges especially so that was yeah that was a lot of fun fun times and then i just i wanted to keep doing it and throughout that whole time period i also had a one-man 
band where I uh, I write originals and I lay them down in uh, MIDI. Basically, I have MIDI uh, like synthesize the the mm -hmm. instruments pretty much, and I use my music theory and like lay down all the music. And I do covers in that project as yeah. well. And yeah, I just I haven't done much uh, with it for probably a decade now. But I was doing that through high school, college. In college, I was playing like a Friday night party on a weekly basis pretty much like doing shows everybody got to know some of my music it was it was fun everybody was drunk people were into it and yeah i just uh, yeah thank you yeah <laughs> yeah i'm i am the only one it's me and a computer we should we should have a reunion tour reunion show but that, yeah that project is fun that project will never uh never die as long as i'm still alive really it's, it technically still exists at least but i should do more mm with that and then yeah like you said i play ukulele which i just started doing uh in my early 30s i just picked it up and i was just like this is like because it's the retarded man's guitar and i kind of <laughs> i tried to do guitar like way back in the day and just never was able to do it like i don't i don't think i have the the manual dexterity for it the fingers for it i don't <laughs> think i have it for ukulele either so i just play ukulele in like a retarded punk fashion really that's not even the way you're supposed to play it and I just do that for fun and I like to sing. So that's, uh, I can do that while I play it. Holy fuck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ted likes his music the way he likes his sex solo act. Holy fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's why I like to, uh, I like to watch, uh, music trios perform. Mm. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, um, so like you also played in some, bands as well so um mm. did you guys do any like bigger shows or is it mostly just kind of like dive bars and shit like that what was the music scene like for you when you were like, getting out and about um yeah in like high school it was like it was a bunch of like local stuff so it was like mm -hmm. uh probably the the biggest show was the one that i mentioned on ben's show uh that was uh the the first iteration of it was the one where i like walked away from the band and couldn't do it and the pressure uh, got to me which was the Mm -hmm. the battle of the bands at like the fair that uh, happens in my town there's like this huge battle of the bands that has like i got intimidated man because there were these bands there where it's like these guys are like in their 30s like these are like mm -hmm. legit bands oh like, yeah we're like going up against i don't know I, uh the pressure got to me when i was like 15 man it's, uh, it is what it is but i was able to get back into that band in a way and like continue uh i continued being in like the band uh sphere there but it was mostly like local like battles of the bands at like rec centers at churches and like random like you had like those stages that are kind of like in like parks and like in town centers and stuff where they like they'll, they'll have like concerts with local bands so we we're doing yeah. things like that like gazebo shows kind of mm. uh not built by ryan lawrence not a 900 pound <laughs> gazebo yeah it was there's kind of like that i uh i don't know do we play any bars? I don't even know if we did, but the, the scene was kind of yeah. like that, really. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, you're even some of those like outdoor park shows could be a little fun. I they're like hit or miss. Um, I remember I played in a uh, in a, <laughs> I know this is kind of more your genre, and this is something else I want to talk to you about was a uh, like stoner metal. Um, I used to play in, like a I don't want to say like a stoner death metal band, but um, our singer, the only thing I could describe him as like he sounded like Boomhauer almost but his oh i swear to god yeah he if you heard him talk you would understand but um he had this real unique voice and it was perfect for the kind of music that we played and i remember we played at um a uh, festival in this little small town i grew up in called trenum 
and uh it was like this stage there's all like these old people and like we got standing ovations every, between every single song and our shit was heavy and you know just screaming his head off at the time we go off i'm like wow people like actually like that like i can't fucking believe it so um we opened up for byzantine twice in that band which um they're not like stone or metal but they're more like i don't want to say progressive thrash but they're like a very very unique kind of metal band if you know who they are i don't believe that i know who they are uh they sound like they're kind of in my uh my genre sphere though I'm still, you would really like i'm them. still trying to picture boom Howard being the lead singer on one of these bands that <laughs> dang all metal man <laughs> He used to, uh, we played uh, Albatross by Corrosion Conformity, and we also did like a mm. sludge metal version of uh, Bridges Size by Robin Trower. But yeah, I, I haven't done his voice so long, but he'd be like, oh, dang, old man, oh, we're playing a song here. But like when he would sing, it was beautiful. He was fucking incredible. And I actually play in a band now with um, his older brother, who's the bassist in A Common Crown. And uh, it, it's funny, they're like, I don't want to say polar opposites, but like, Steve, his older brother, is about 10 years older than him, I think. And like he doesn't sound like that at all. He's real chill and you know, mm. just um, you know, just as a bass player. But like that dude Bruce was our singer in Wretched Hive, and he he's one of those guys that I'm sure you know these kind of people who like anything they do, they're fucking amazing at it. He could sing, he could play drums, he could play guitar. Um, he picked up like bagpipes, he was able to play those, he played piano, Jeez. like just some yeah. people just I, anything I that, they yeah. yeah, some people pick it up and they got it. Like me, I could play guitar and I could like do backup vocals and scream pretty well. Other than that, yeah. <laughs> forget it. <laughs> yeah, like you you have those guys and they could like uh they could just have entire albums that they create by themselves and play every yeah. instrument, like uh Andrew WK, if you know who he is, he, yeah. he does yeah, he does that like classically trained pianist but he does like hair metal yeah because yeah. that's what he's into it's all about partying i love that guy and he uh i think he, he does all the instruments on at least his early albums he plays everything gotcha yeah so yeah. um i saw you went to go see gojira and Macedon, which i'm very very upset i didn't see that tour because um <laughs> funny enough my wife and i actually were in new jersey and my wife's favorite artist is kelly clarkson like she does not give a fuck about mm -hmm. metal but like um she agreed to go so i'm like all right whatever so we went to go see pantera and metallica in new jersey and that was a friday night so it was yeah mammoth van halen pantera then metallica and then sunday night was uh ice nine kills five finger death punch and then metallica and then like when we got home it was uh gojira and mastodon that friday and i didn't make it but i'm like man i really wish i would have seen that because i've seen both those bands but not like when i was familiar with them and now that i'm familiar with them I'm like holy fuck did i miss a good fucking show because like gojira is like the heaviest band that isn't heavy for heavy's sake and i'm, I'm sure you know what i'm talking about like you listen to from mars to Sirius, and that whole record is just like dump trucks exploding yes. through like joe duplantier's vocals and guitar like it's just fucking killer and they don't tune super low either yeah their their new stuff i think is not quite as uh as right. good or yeah as yeah. effective or as heavy but yeah they, i had not mm -hmm. seen them live before this is i think the third time that i've seen mastodon i actually oh, okay met, yeah I, I met mastodon briefly oh no shit yeah, one time when they were uh, they were one of the openers for Primus because I see Primus. Oh like, yeah! <laughs> every time Primus comes through, man, I'm seeing them again on my birthday. Oh, even nice. though it means I have to uh, also suffer through two of uh, Maynard James Keenan's projects because oh, they're man. yeah because it's for his birthday. <laughs> yeah, so I have to see uh, Pussifer and uh, mm. Perfect Circle. But, <laughs> but 
But I actually like both of them better than Tool, so people mm-hmm. are going to get mad at me for that. Tool, <laughs> Tool is the worst Maynard project, the least mm-hmm. interesting. Sorry, it's true. Uh, I love Primus, but yeah, Mastodon, they were just like hanging out like around their bus mm-hmm. after that show. And like my friend had like parked in the parking lot, like right near where their bus was. I'm like, dude, Mastodon's just like hanging out like right there at their bus. Like, let's say hi. So we mm-hmm. did. Like, they're like, they're nice dudes. It's like crazy because they have the, you know, the metal persona there. They're all like, yeah bearded dudes they got face tattoos they play yeah heavy metal and it's like oh man they're like yeah they're really like cool dudes they're nice yeah all they're they're touring with their wives and stuff oh no shit yeah Yeah, all all interviews i've seen they always seem like just super down-to-earth guys and like that's one of those bands that just like has crushed it from like beginning till now and like their stuff's definitely different now like ever since the hunter they definitely changed but like i thought the hunter was still like a solid album and then i actually like it yeah they got more progressive and like the the metal purists don't like it and i actually do i I just think that I like what they're trying to do, and I just think that it didn't quite get there until uh, Hushed and Grim, I actually think, is a really amazing album. Yes. Yeah, yeah I really like that album as well. Um, Once More Around the Sun, I thought, was really good, too. Um, I, What was the one after that? Uh, Emperor of Sand, I think it was, was after Emperor, Once More Around yeah. the Sun. Yeah, Emperor of Sand, I was, that's the, the one before Hushed and Grim. Yeah, where they were, right. they were doing, like, yeah, kind of like the desert, uh, like, progressive theme, which mm. there, there's some stuff on that album that's actually really good. It's just, uh, as a whole, I don't quite love it, but sure, it, it's, I like it better now than I did the fir- when I first heard it. Okay, so what about uh, Killer Be Killed? Uh, which, which one is that? Oh, you don't know? Oh, okay. I'm surprised you don't know that one right off the top of your head. Uh, that was a... Uh, yeah, you should. <laughs> Greg Pusciato from Dilger Escape Plan was uh, a vocalist. Troy Sanders, uh, Max oh, yeah, Cavalera. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah they yeah. put out two albums, one in 2014. And it's kind of funny because that was like the album that kind of got me into like all these bands except for Soulfly and Sepultura because I already yeah. liked them beforehand. But like I didn't like Dillinger Escape Plan and I was kind of like, I just didn't know Mastodon. But then I, once I, I heard Killer like Be Killed. Yeah. yeah, so once I heard them, um in that band together i'm like okay well then i start checking out all the other projects i'm like oh all these bands are fucking awesome like i didn't like dillinger escape plan but like after i heard that i went back and i started listening to all their stuff again I'm like oh no they fucking kick yeah. ass man so it was like a really really unique project like some of the stuff was almost like punk but like it was so out of all their realm but it came together and had like really a lot of catchy tunes on the first album the second album i didn't think was as good but like the first album i would say is solid front to back there's one song i'm like eh, kind of down but like the rest of it's just fucking awesome yeah yeah mastodon i think there might have been a couple like albums that i might have skipped there somewhere in the middle or something like, i don't mm. know like i do really like crack the sky and i yes I like, yeah that and uh leviathan mm-hmm. yeah like those those still might be the top two even though hush and grim has got to be up there like i like mm-hmm. Finally, like the progressive stuff they've been trying to do kind of like hit really well. And maybe it's unfortunately it took uh, the emotion involved in their uh, producer or whatever dying because that's what the uh, the album is about. Mm. But yeah, Crack the Sky. I got to see them do that entire album front to oh, back. Oh, no way. When they were, they were touring with Coheed and Cambria. Uh, that's a hell of a show. So like I... Yeah. I have never got into Coheed and Cambria. Everything I've heard by them, I liked. And this is like the case for me for so many bands, but definitely Coheed and Cambria. It's not like I don't like them. It's just I never dug too much um, into them. Uh, you got to dig, man. Like they're, they're, um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is true. It yeah. is. 
Yeah. I'm, and any any purist of any kind, libertarian purists especially, mm -hmm. they're fucking neckbeards. They they just don't they don't get it, man. They don't they don't mm -hmm. see the reality of it. But I do love Coheed, and I think yeah, you might get into some of their stuff, like the more progressive stuff that they have. Sure. Like the, the longer pieces that they have, especially like the the Willingwell songs at the end of uh, mm. Good Apollo Four, like those songs are wild, man. Gotcha. Yeah. So, what's uh, some of like the sludge metal and like uh, stoner metal that you really like? Well, we already mentioned Mastodon, so that's mm -hmm. uh, so that's up there. But uh, I mean, yeah. what got me into it in the first place, even though they've they've gone uh, way mainstream at this point, I do still love them. Uh, Queens of the Stone Age is what like got mm. me into okay. That whole, that genre uh so yeah i list them up there uh as far as sludge metal uh man like uh i've introduced some people to a uh, boss keloid or boss keloid they're like a mm -hmm. british band that kind of they mix like everything that i like they're like sludge metal stoner mixed with mm -hmm. uh like progressive metal like they're whatever it is it's it's a unique sound and they uh sure. They just like name their things nonsense pretty much <laughs> it's like all the titles are nonsense that's just kind of their uh that's their thing so i throw them in there um man yeah sludge metal who else would i put like near the top there though i don't know because a lot of the stuff that i listen to is more like in the progressive sphere sure. i would say although yeah sludge metal is definitely up there too i don't know why, why i'm blanking that much on oh no that's all right um yeah. so what, what are your thoughts on like down then down I, I like down they're they're all right i i actually saw them at uh, one of the oz oh, yeah. way back oh, no in, like, shit 2002 i want to say there's there's actually video of the show uh, that i was at yeah oh nice i was like trying to find myself i'm like wait where was i again when down was playing trying to figure that out but yeah mm. i i like them there are right. I, I didn't like them that much at the time but uh, i'm Gotcha. I'm more appreciative of them now than i was then which sucks because <laughs> that mm. was the one time that i saw them live Nice, nice. JC, thank you so much for being my channel's first super chat. I've had him for a little bit, but finally got him up. Uh, does Toad like Boris or Lightning Bolt? I do actually like Boris. They're uh, they're all right. They've uh, they've made it into my uh, my Spotify recommendations. So I've listened to some of their stuff. I do like it. Uh, Lightning Bolt. I don't think I know who they are though. Mm, okay. So what about like some of the? I would say my bread and butter is more around like the new wave of American heavy metal. So like, or I would say the years where it was most prominent was probably like 2002 to 2007. Funny enough, as we were talking about earlier, all that remains, um, trivium, kill switch, engage, lamb of God, God forbid, shadows fall bands like that. Like that was kind of where I really, you know, gripped fall, my teeth. from up here, oh. man. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Brian yeah. fair with the fucking dreadlock. Fuck his yeah. dreadlocks are probably his fucking yeah, yeah. long. Tall I, saw, I saw them and kill switch at the same Oz. Oh I my I God. To say too. Yeah, yeah. Even though they get like short sets because it's a festival but yeah, yeah. It, was, it was cool stuff and it was it was the howard uh iteration of kill switch which it seems like people get pissed off when i say he's their best vocalist but he is like, well like <laughs> you, you gotta like it, you can like both and i think that they even recognize this so like jesse is nowhere yeah. near the vocalist that howard is doesn't yeah. say that jesse's bad jesse right. just doesn't have like that same tone and like yeah. I don't, they're just completely different singers and what they bring to kill switch engage is just completely different i love yeah. everything that they've done like kill switch engage is one of those bands that i think has consistently put out good material their 2009 album was probably the only one that wasn't like spectacular but it was still okay um yeah, but yeah. like all the rest of their stuff was absolutely solid and then like uh times of grace with uh jesse and adam was great yeah. um like the torch was awesome funny enough um kevin here in the chat um 
he actually did a lot of the video work for Scion, which is the project with uh, Jared Dines and uh, Howard Jones. Oh, so, hell yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I love Howard. I mean, being a vocalist myself, I just, yeah, I love listening to his vocals. Like I always have, like since I first, uh, yeah, heard his stuff with Kill Switch. I was like, man, that's, and I'm, dude, I'm like having like such a like mental lapse. Like we're talking about stoner metal and I'm not even mentioning the fact that I'm seeing Baroness in like two weeks. Oh, hell yeah. They're <laughs> yeah. fucking awesome, man. I love I, Baroness. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're coming up here in a couple of weeks and I've never seen them. Oh, I no missed way. that. They, they did like an, an in-store acoustic show up here, like not wow. that long ago. And somehow, I, I don't know what I was doing that night, but I missed out on that. That was when their last album came out. Now they got this new album out and I see haters hating on it. Haters going to hate, mm -hmm. but Baroness is another one of those bands that's gone kind of yes. in the more like progressive direction. And I mm -hmm. kind of think it's good. I, I like the way they've been doing it. I, I just think the uh, production, especially on the, uh, what it was a golden gray. I think the production mm -hmm. aspect of it was lacking and wasn't that good, but like gotcha, musically, yeah. I think it's awesome. Mm -hmm. Okay. So yeah. what about, um, Oh God, why did I just draw a blank? Holy fuck, <laughs> yeah, it's right, right on the tip of my tongue. But, we're all uh, doing that tonight. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Baroness is up there. Uh, Clutch. What about Clutch? Clutch is all right. I, I actually okay. saw them. Uh, yeah, they're okay. I saw them with uh, Primus as well. I see Primus. <laughs> maybe, maybe I see every. Yeah, Primus is touring with all these uh, sludge bands, even though they're not sludge. But yeah, Clutch. I don't. I don't know where I would even put them in like the genre. Mm -hmm. They're more just like, like you're like rock almost like i it, yeah. it sounds boring but like that's kind of where they're at um i seen them with black label society and children of bodum way like 2009 i want to say is when i saw them i was like 15 years old and oh, i didn't like man. them at all and then eventually i came back and i'm like no kill switch era uh, clutch is actually fucking awesome and then i saw last time i saw clutch was with kill switch engage back in 2019 i want to say so um yeah, man. Who the fuck else? I, there was literally somebody right on the tip of my tongue, but I, I it just completely slipped my yeah, mind. Clutch is a little bit overrated, I would say. They have a weird. Gotcha, like, yeah. They have a cult following that seems. Yes. Like all it's all like muscle car dudes basically and i'm like maybe, <laughs> they, maybe, they maybe blast that, clutch in their fucking 1970 chevelle ss <laughs> that's, that's kind of what they're going for i mean their name is yeah. clutch and it's like their like visuals are kind of that like old school like muscle car like vibe even though okay. they're, they're from uh baltimore i believe yeah, right? yeah. what about a uh, crowbar yeah they're all right okay man they're not I'm yeah surprised. not 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 totally my thing but uh they're well I, forget, I was going to mention yeah. someone else and I can't remember. I do like the, uh, the Melvins, if you consider them to be in the sphere. Yeah, well, I know that's one of like sphere, Mastodon's yeah. biggest influences. I've never really listened to them. Uh, they're, yeah, you, you might be into it. Uh, I, I'd mm. say, yeah, they're like sludge. Like, I think they have like gotcha. some punk um, influence there. Yeah. Um, What about, oh, God. I can't believe I'm, I'm <laughs> slipping all these names here, man. That, that's not good. But, uh, um, yeah, whores, um, whores. All the all these bands okay. are, are from Atlanta, but whores. I think they're mm -hmm. they might consider, be considered to be more like noise rock. Like they make a shit ton of noise. Gotcha. I, I've never actually seen them live, but I think I'd probably throw them in with like the sludge. Like they remind me of the Melvins, whores. Uh, gotcha. I do like I like a bunch of their stuff. Yeah, I think we talked about this before once on Twitter. <laughs> You guys gonna, you know what's kind of funny is that we did talk about um some libertarian theory stuff a little bit. I don't know if say like libertarian theory, but like kind of more broad theory stuff towards the beginning. So we did current events and stuff towards yeah. the beginning. I okay, hate so talking about theory, man. I fucking hate it. What what what, what, what am I ace? Yeah, no, I'm 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 a retard on theory. I I'll be honest, I've I've listened to like libertarian audiobooks. I have not read shit. 
I'll be the first one to admit it, but just because it's not my space. I'm the I'm the health guy. I know foreign policy stuff. I know music. That's like my stuff. I, I know he's joking. Yeah, but, I've, read, uh, I've read a decent amount. I just hate talking about it at this point because it's so dry it's so like detached from reality really yeah okay i think you and i went back and forth on this once before but load and reload yeah i I hate both of them (laughs) i I I think reload is worse than load Um, sure yeah i when load came out i called it load of shit (laughs) and and then really yeah i mean reload kind of the same thing reload of shit like you got like fucking dude like memory remains is like one of the worst songs ever like i don't know what they that... keep that one in the set and that's always surprised me and what i is think that, it's like just... old lady shit like the yeah, old lady I... vocals in that like, i like on? yeah i like both those albums but uh both of those like that song in particular i always hated you do a oh, great job and like, not... f- fuel is like the, you. yeah you yeah you do fuel fuel Thank is you. like the the epitome of um fuel the song by metallica not not the washed up band by the way who actually played at a bowling alley uh, near where i live uh, not not that long ago i'm like wow fuel has really i've fallen off uh, <laughs> fuel the song by metallica which that's what the first song in reload i think that's like the epitome of like metallica getting into like those like horrifically bad lyrics that they have or it's just like mm. really like come on man like, lyrically they're so bad and that's just uh, I, that's not even the worst of it of course they got mm. way worse with sane anger and f- frantic and some of those other songs uh yeah. broken beaten scarred it's like this is my lifestyle determines my death style like come on man <laughs> yeah well the the one song that i think redeemed i shouldn't say redeemed but like really i think at least gave san anger some props was uh the unnamed feeling that was probably like a james hetfield like good tune like the lyrics were fucking deep and the song was good but like other than that the rest of that album's pretty does it have a guitar yeah. solo no <laughs> what do you think <laughs> no that album's yeah yeah there are no guitar solos on the whole album mm-hmm. i think and it sounds like uh lars is using like a bunch of garbage cans as yeah. pretty much it sounds awful um did you go see pantera or metallica um when they came up near you i don't know if they did but i'm no i i've never actually seen them metallica does play up here uh probably once every like few years at least but i've never actually gone and there it seems like whenever they're up here they always play at gillette stadium which is mm. i hate the venue man i hate it as gotcha. a music venue. yeah it's so bad metallica's too big <laughs> oh i got you yeah well yeah. i think when my wife and i went and saw them there was eighty thousand people in uh east rutherford new jersey um which i mean it was a cool show but like do not um <laughs> do not try to get an uber after you know eight thousand eighty thousand people leave a venue it will uh, not end well for you my wife and no. i spent like two hours walking around it was an absolute clusterfuck yeah that's that's why i love like the smaller venue shows mm-hmm. it's like yeah bands that are that people don't know about but that are awesome you get to see them at like small venues and it's just um yeah don't have to deal with huge crowds you can get an uber afterwards easily mm-hmm. like yeah man like i saw uh, the darkness recently i love them they were touring yeah. playing all of their permission to land album they just mm-hmm. like they put on like elaborate like flamboyant shows they seem like they're like pretty good dudes too and it's just mm-hmm. like I gotta see them they have this vibe where it's like i thought they were like way bigger than they are i'm like oh they're playing big night live in boston mm-hmm. which is like not a big venue yeah. at all I'm like it's crazy man i'm gonna go i'm gonna see them and be like right at the stage for it mm-hmm. yeah that's what i like doing 
Hell yeah. Well, I remember, I don't know anything about the darkness other than I saw them at rock on the range and it was either 2012 or 2014. And I remember a girl flashed them and their singer said, no, point the camera. there." <laughs> I, I can remember that vividly. And then, you know, obviously there was tits on the screen for everybody to see. So, uh, yeah, uh, I don't, I don't <laughs> think there were any tits at the, uh, the darkness. <laughs> un, un, unfortunately. Uh, but, uh, I, I've been, I've seen uh, steel Panther before and you get, Oh, Oh, did you really you get plenty of it at that yeah that was a fun yeah. time yeah <laughs> house of blues in boston probably in like 2018 yeah. maybe somewhere in that uh ballpark dude yeah fuck yeah <laughs> dude they're yeah, they're I... hilarious they're actually like really talented they like oh they're, yeah they're really talented musicians they're obviously talented to be like genre spoofing like that and then yeah they get like tons of chicks flashing on stage and in the audience and stuff it's like yeah hell yeah i'm yeah. down for it we opened for uh steel panther in 2020 i want to oh, say you did oh, yeah yeah oh yeah. this is one of the coolest shows we ever played i will never forget it and uh we'll, we'll maybe wrap on this but like i remember uh <laughs> we opened for them and like we met all them and like a couple of those guys are bald which kind of surprised me it shouldn't be but it, it kind of was but yeah oh, they're, they're super they wear wigs huh yeah, yeah their singer doesn't but like everybody else does no 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 yeah he's not wearing a wig but i guess no. uh uh yeah like satchel i think is clearly wearing a wig but i also satchel in their drummer sticks sticks yeah i i didn't think uh satchel i was like he's definitely wearing a wig but I also oh and their bass player their old bass player didn't think he, he quit bald, but oh, yeah he quit? He, oh fuck. yeah uh lex i think his name was lexi star or something like that oh uh, yeah um he was wearing a wig but uh yeah we uh we opened for them in it was like september something like that 2020 it was over a thousand people in butler and i remember right before they played just like tiger woods they're like hey did you know tiger woods is out here and you know obviously he's late at night they're like oh well, yeah but you like can't see him because he's black <laughs> like i fucking Still i lost Panther my shit said that? Fuck yeah, they oh, did. Hell yeah. dude they uh they piss people off man it seems uh, like they're it seems like they're pretty based politically i don't really know yeah. but like yeah people People have problems with them because yeah, they think they're like sexually don't harassing give a fuck. women, yeah. Yeah, and their yeah lyrics are all like yeah, super. They had that. They people. had that one. Yeah, they had that one pedal called the the pussy magnet or something yeah. like that. And like people got so mad, they actually fucking changed the name of the fucking pedal. Oh, why would they do that? Don't change the name of it. Come on. Yeah. Well, I, I you know unfortunately I think that was out of their hands. Um, but yeah, dude, it was, it was an awesome time. That was the first time I ever saw them. And, um, it, it was, it's very weird to have people in their cars. So like you couldn't go beside your car because, or if you were beside oh, your car, no. yeah, you had to put Steel on a mask Panther for one of, a show with people in their cars. Well, you were allowed to be outside your car. Once again, if you were in front, you didn't you have be to be better if you're flashing your titties. <laughs> well, yeah, we saw quite a bit out, of the, out the sunroof. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty awesome either convertible. way. Convertible. You and the car can both. Yeah, be there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Fuck you, NA man. Um, all right, Todd. Yeah, this is an awesome chat, dude. We'll uh, definitely have to do it again sometime. We'll come up with uh, some other stupid shit. Yeah, it's <laughs> fun. I need to stop brain farting on some of the some of the music that I listen to. Oh yeah, dude, you're good. You're good. Like oh, I said, man. we'll definitely do it again. So uh feel free, drop your plugs and everything you got going on where people could find you. Yeah, Tower Gang Toad on Twitter, uh, host of the Tower Gang Podcast, one of the a million hosts of the Tower Gang Podcast. We are the most offensive podcast on the planet. Hilarious, offensive comedy. We're uh, doing a live show coming up right after this, basically, at 9, 11 p.m. tonight. We have Lord Miles, 
the savior coming back on uh, fresh uh off of his uh i don't know escape from afghanistan <laughs> i don't know what he's been doing but we might talk to him we thought he was dead for a while uh, so he's <laughs> he's coming back on the show i think it's gonna be awesome he is a homie for sure so that's coming up next and i am the host of uh, the better off dead sports betting podcast and uh th- i'm doing two episodes of that tonight as well but i don't do it live i just record it like really late at night and then throw it up there and people can check that out if they're interested in sports gambling i want to see me even more autistic than i am otherwise <laughs> and Jeez. possibly suicidal okay so there's a whole lot of autism and social uh social awkwardness going on between all the podcasts and you're here too so you know what are you gonna do yeah. um yeah, Jesus Christ. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed. Toad, thank you so much for your time. And until next yeah, time, everybody. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Of course. Take care. Peace.